Wars an adventure. And Luke likes to go out and do Star Wars with the guys. Run Vader says be home by then, cause I'm your father. Hello and welcome to What Are You Talking About? I am the host, Jack Hewson, and joining me is my regular co-host, Ethan Trinkini. Hi, how's everyone doing? Very good. And we are joined by two fresh voices in the wake of uh, Ruben not being here today. We have uh, Jay Cruz, Howdy. who you would have just heard uh, in the theme song. May or may not have been me. Uh, I hope it was you. It's very impressive if it was you. Um, we'll get into a little bit uh, more about that in a minute. Uh, and our, our, our second guest, our fourth member of the show today, a uh, longtime friend of mine, Jim Greenham. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. How are we? Yeah, pretty good. So, Jim, you listened to the first one, and you had so much to say about the first episode that you just had to be in the episode to, to give a little, not corrections, but additions corner. Yeah, I had a few little tidbits to to add on that. I liked most of what, uh, I'd say 99% of what was going on, so I thought I'd hit you up and see if I could hop on. But there was one, one thing we've spoken about a little bit, um, that I felt was overlooked, and I think a lot of people overlook it with episode nine. Just rewinding back a little bit from the last podcast, and it's Ray's lightsaber. Ever since episode, well, by the prequels and you know Luke Skywalker, all of that, he was only actually a Jedi once he constructed his lightsaber. Mm. Ray, on the other hand, goes through the whole movie is the Jedi of all Jedi's. Hears all the voices, does all the amazing things. After that. Builds a lightsaber. So I, I was a little bit confused on that point um, as far as episode 9 was concerned. But like Jack, I liked episode 9 quite a lot. I know that's somewhat of an unpopular opinion, I'd say, to a degree. I mean, Definitely I think it's the, kind of split. Yeah, maybe. if you listen to how vocal Ruben was about not liking episode 9, you would think it was an unpopular opinion to like it. So. Yeah, Realistically, I'm, it's probably a 50-50. Yeah, I mean, like, even online or, you know, the general sort of... Uh, idea of it but um, I think episode 9 for me I guess leans heavily or more heavily than the other films as far as uh, the mythology behind Star Wars the idea Mm. of the mysteries behind the force you know um, Palpatine has the like famous quote that the dark side is a path to many abilities or whatever that some consider unnatural it's like you can watch episodes 1, 2 and 3, 4, 5 and 6 and you don't really other than his lightning really see a heck of a lot of that whereas i felt in episode nine you know like we finally kind of get there you see that a lot more in the extended universe video games the like um series um clone wars and that but yeah the main saga implies a lot of it but never actually shows yeah shows examples yeah so i feel episode nine dove a little bit more into that um but yeah i know those were just a couple of my thoughts from last episode i guess yeah. Very good. Oh, and too many Death Stars. That was the other thing. Too many Death Stars. It's like... What do you mean? I thought the First Order having a planet at a Death Star was like, mm, yeah, not not that keen on that. And then they're like, well, we'll just build a whole fleet mm. full of Death Stars. And I'm like, oh, you just leave it alone. Yeah, they had enough there to occupy the entire galaxy. And yeah. it's like, if you have a, a ship that can blow up a planet, you don't really need to have one next to every planet. You can just have one that gets to... All the planets. Yeah, a portable, like on the back end of a ship, a mini Death Star is deadly enough without having 10,000 of them. That was 
And I also don't understand what their, what their plan kind of attack is. If they blow up every planet in the universe, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's just one asking. Sith Lord maybe and one it was Sith a one-time apprentice. one-time use thing as well. So you think, oh, maybe it's only good for one shot. But mm. it, didn't, it didn't seem like that. not. No. I don't know. Unnecessary. Interesting. Well, thank you for that, Jim. Uh, the additions. We'll just round out episode one. A little bit of a recap for people who, um, you know, maybe listened to the first one. And it's been a couple of weeks since we've done, done one. So... Yeah, just a little bit of a recap, and um, we'll we'll spend some more time on Jay now. Um, Jay, your your song there. You originally you heard the first episode, and then you sent me a message. You were like, "I have an idea for what the theme song should be." Instead of your quickly hobbled together sound effects from YouTube, maybe yeah. uh, maybe we could do something a bit a bit different, which is what we would have heard this week. Um, and uh, then you know you sent me a little test thing, and I really liked what I heard there. And then, and then what happened? <laughs> oh, I just feel, I, I think you should take it as a compliment for one thing, that I sent you a thing of just me singing to myself in the car. And just because I wouldn't do that to many people. But I also felt like, you know, oh, it's like you said, oh, we're going to have a, a, a episode on video games. I was like, oh, that'd be great to get into. But then I thought that maybe if I just wrote a theme song for your podcast, and that would be kind of a way for me to shoehorn myself into it. <laughs> Without actually being invited, yeah, so that I could like, make myself a part of it without ever officially being a part of it. Well, it worked. I mean, one episode later, and here you are. Here um, but then you sent me a message a little, <laughs> a little bit later. You were like, "So I think I may have realized where I came up with this idea, <laughs> yeah, and it was an SNL skit original, from the eighties, no. <laughs> which we'll put a link in the description to the to the episode." Yeah, uh, but basically, Bill Murray does the ex- exact same thing. I wouldn't say exact, but pretty close. I, I, I think it was just sitting kind of dormant in the like recesses of my mind, and it just kind of, I don't know. I just started humming it, and I'm like, oh yeah. And then yeah, it wasn't until probably two weeks later that I thought, oh yeah, this is a huge ripoff. But, unofficial. But as I said to you, number one, I love Bill Murray. Number two. It's an homage at this point. 40 years? There's got to be like a statute of limitations on, on when you can do a Bill Murray bit. I'm sure. sure. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that's fine. And, uh, yeah, so today, Ethan, we're talking about uh, Star Wars video games, which we hinted at last week. Um, there's been a couple of developments on new games, um, but we're going to be talking about most of the, the least popular games or games we've had contact with um, over the past couple of decades. Um, Hopefully games that you guys have grown up playing, um, so yeah. us talking about them will bring back those memories and maybe get you to play them again. Absolutely. So, um, do you want to take a, take us away? Yeah, sure. Um, I suppose, if it's alright, we can start with a pod racing game. Yeah, absolutely. Can't remember the name of it for the life I think of it me. was Now This Is Pod Racing. I thought it was just Star Wars Pod Racer. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure when we bought it back in the day, it was Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer. Interesting, and it was basically just a you know Mario Kart clone, and you're just driving around. Original yeah. maps. From... What was that for? What system was that for? I remember playing it on PC, but yeah. I don't remember if it was on console as well. It would have been. I think <laughs> it's crazy when you said system. I, I kind of thought you meant like planetary system, no, and I was like, well, obviously <laughs> Naboo. <laughs> I mean, no, no, Tatooine. Tatooine. It, well, it had one, a planet, a bunch of planets, a track for every planet almost. No, Jack, if I wanted to know that, I would have specifically said, what planet would we be on mm. there? All right, Which star reference. system? <laughs> so. 
So yeah, so I only played it once or twice. I remember you, Jim, you had it, and I played it a couple of times at your place. Um, I remember it being fun, but really hard to control. Yeah, super, super hard, and it was very, very fast paced. It was back in um, what I feel is almost like the golden era of um, gaming, where things were actually challenging, and you know you would get stuck on a level and die a bunch some people don't like that but you know i kind of like the challenge um but yeah it was super fast paced so you know almost like you know you see in the movie kind of thing you know you're just flying down a track and there's random rocks and other races and stuff that made it pretty problematic for sure did you get shot at by by tuscan raiders yeah i can't remember honestly i can't remember either because i I think i only played it briefly because what what year would that have come out do you know because how I'm the old person in the bunch. My, it would have been really good if we'd done some sort of research about each game and been like, when did yeah, release when did Star Wars Pod Racer come out? Um, well, I remember I would have been like six. Yeah. So we're talking like 2002, hmm. let's say. Well, it could have come out. Yeah, it could have come out after like, on the back of the Phantom uh, Menace, which was 99 yeah. so, or two. Yeah. Yeah. So I would have been. Yeah, I would have been 20. I would have been too busy doing other things that I shouldn't be doing at that point rather than really aging both of ourselves there Jay (laughs) (laughs) old enough to be my dad almost yeah well Uh, almost do we do we know Ethan I believe it was called Star Wars Episode 1 Racer came out on Windows Mac Nintendo 64 yeah Mm. makes sense sounds about and then it was re-released for the Switch and the PlayStation 4 this year apparently yes yes. so what was it when was it originally released 1999 ah there we go yeah so there you go yeah, it was a lot of fun. I honestly don't remember a heck of a lot of it other than just... I remember pretty vividly just flicking through the screen of um, all the different races you could mm-hmm. buy and you'd have to like save up money, I think, from winning races, obviously. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a fun time. It was pretty cool. I remember Sabulba's, uh pod racer was always the one that everyone wanted. Yeah. Impossible to get. You'd always be getting destroyed by Sabulba's, by Sabulba, I suppose. During the races, he was always the the peak of what you what you wanted to achieve and i remember grinding so hard and never getting it yeah were there any weapons in it no 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 nothing like that no not not that i remember but the lightning you could like knock out other characters if you flew through them kind of thing yeah interesting yeah i guess that's a um kind of a staple to racing games these days are items you can get Mm. to you know not all of them i guess but you think mario kart jack x uh ctr those kind of things so, yeah, interesting. Um, is that one of the only racing games that Star Wars has done? Besides maybe mini-games? It's the only one that I know of. Yeah. Mm. I was never big into a lot of the vehicle-based games. Um, yeah. The only other real for me. vehicle-based game. Um, X-Wing and things like that. Yeah. And there was a PS1 Rogue game. Squadron? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a PS1 game called Star Wars Demolition, which was Ooh. basically... You're all in different vehicles and different characters from the movies, but it was essentially um, like a battle royale mm-hmm. game, pretty much like way back on the PS One. And yeah, you'd be driving around in oh, what's the like the droid vehicle with the turret on top? I can't think of it now. Don't know. But like the one, the the carrier. No, no, the one like and they pop out the little hatch and they oh, like a little tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there was like about. one of those. Called, and then, what you're about. Um, you could play as Aura Singh, um, the bounty hunter um, 
on her like swoop bike and she used to use a sniper rifle and yeah there was a there was a bunch of them there was heaps of them um i even think maybe chewy was in a um what atst mm-hmm. um yeah there was a bunch of them it's a good little game were you like thrown into an arena with a bunch of other people in the vehicles yeah, yeah. so it's it, like a destruction derby yeah, yeah. absolutely like but yeah you were just shooting each other it was a lot of fun um there was one particular map, which was the Naboo map, where you're actually um, driving around on a giant, essentially chessboard with mm-hmm. giant stone chess pieces, and you could like ram into them and move them. That's cool. Um, and if you shot them enough, they would like blow up. I think I maybe remember that a little bit. Yeah, you probably would have played it at my house mm. um, back when we bought it. Um, mm. Yeah, for the PS One. Interesting. All right. Well, that wraps up the racing segment of games. Mm. Um, <laughs> what? Well, I guess the ones I'm most familiar with are like Unleashed and Unleashed 2. Right. Um, I remember, because back when Unleashed came out, um, it was released on the Wii, and it was the only game that had multiplayer, and it basically had like a Street Fighter, Tekken, um, Injustice kind of style of multiplayer fighting, where you would each be able to pick a, a character, and then you just basically had like a Street Fighter... Thing and you, you use like both you yeah, had the nunchuck and the Wii Mote and the nunchuck did all the force attacks and the Wii Mote did all the like lightsaber attacks. It was basically just like a little jousting simulation. Oh. But uh yeah, it was it was a fair bit of fun. I have uh, no idea what you're talking about. So we're talking about Force Unleashed. The Force Unleashed. Really? Yeah. yeah. The oh, it was it was only a Wii thing. I don't Wii know why exclusive. they didn't. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't put multiplayer on the other ones. Oh, I was gonna say because that sounds nothing at all like my experience. Yeah, well, it was just it was just a multiplayer. It was almost like a mini game. Was all the multiplayer yeah. was. But then um, I wonder if there was a crossover because it was with Nintendo and Nintendo do yeah, do the probably. Street Fighter Tekken. I guess kind of. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think that game that for I'd never played played Force Unleashed two. Force Unleashed was the first game that I think ever really. Uh, made me feel like like they got it right as far as Jedi powers mm-hmm. and everything because yeah. you just like the the amount of power that you had in that game was crazy and just even the the I think that was the game where you start off as you, aren't you Darth Vader and you're on yeah Kashyyyk mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And go you're going, kill a rogue and you're just like I don't know just the vibe that you got from the very beginning of that game was awesome but then yeah just being able to have that character and like be able to develop your powers and make the choice well you know make choices until the end of the game but it yeah i don't know it, it i always I felt just felt like that's the first time they ever really got that right and and it made me excited for what they could actually do in the future with star wars games mm. i never played the second one though so oh, i didn't play the one. second one either but i remember a huge thing about unleashed was there was a massive build-up on that game and a lot of hype because of the physics engine behind it and um, when you're breaking things apart you know it's like very dynamic and it's not these set, you know, this is the, um, like, um, model for something when it's clean and fresh and then there's the model for it broken and it breaks the same every time. You know, they put a lot of effort into mm. the physics behind that game. Um, and that was still, like, back in the days where I was buying, like, you know, the PS, um, like, PlayStation magazines and that sort of thing mm. and reading that and there was always massive, like, two or three page spreads about this star wars game coming up and yeah the hype for it was pretty high so it did quite well to match that i feel um because a lot of games especially modern days the hype gets pretty high for things and then the game falls flat but yeah unleashed i think 
hit the nail on the head. Yeah, it had some really cool dynamic moments in the game itself. I mean, pulling a uh, Star, Star Destroyer, Destroyer down, mm. um, that was awesome. In um, playing Again, playing on the Wii, you literally had to pull down on the thing so that like Typical it was it was a bit <laughs> yeah. gimmicky but yeah. at, at the time i was like maybe what 11 or so like that and so it was it was like the perfect amount of gimmick for age level for me just as an 11 year old you were using the force while yeah. you're playing this game Absolutely. there's nothing more just the mental image cooler. of you standing in your living room force pulling a thing down and your parents <laughs> walking in just i don't know they're just it's a funny image to me. Easily not the worst thing they walked in on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they were just like, oh, that's great. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it was, and I'm, a, I'm heavily into the customization, especially of characters in games. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, a lot of times games will be like, oh, you can change the hilt of your lightsaber. You can change the color of the kyber crystal. That's it. But I felt like in, um, in Unleashed, and I could just be remembering this very fondly, but there was a lot of even character customization, tons of robes, tons of physical elements. I remember, like, if you went full Sith, your, like, nails would grow out and you would, you'd be crazy. And so, like, yeah, the, the, that I, I felt like that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. To go back to what um, Jay was saying about how you're thrown into the game and you feel like a Jedi, it kind yeah. of reminded me in the same way of... Almost the Arkham Asylum games or the latest Spider-Man yeah. game where you're thrown in and you are Batman from get-go. And with this, you're thrown in and you're Darth Vader. And then with Unleashed 2, you're thrown in and you are like a Jedi or a, you know, whichever. I can't specifically remember how it started. But you are a character with force powers. You are instantly having fun in the game. And so it kind of gets you in because I feel like the story took a little bit longer to develop. Yeah than you don't other that, games you didn't have that um kind of area at the beginning of games where you are just starting off as a nobody and you have to build up to a certain level you just start off as a monster and yeah and it's fun from it. right from the start it's mm-hmm. so good yeah that is good i like skill trees but there is that opening hour to maybe three hours depending on the game where it's just like i want force lightning give me force lightning i want to be i want to be bad let me be bad and yeah for a lot a lot of the games this never never happens i also do like games that have that um uh what's the kind of the it's like the morality choice yeah. N- not necessarily choices but just actions i know like you know games like um like fable uh infamous those kind of games where the entire way through your actions just kind of either you know you were good and you just chose those things and you had that karma level or you you know you did all the sith options and you just slowly descended into this darkness and you could kind of plot the chart down i like that and not a lot of games i've had experience with um in the star wars universe have given you those options especially some of the newer ones which really disappoints me because it feels like i'm not really making any choices i'm just kind of watching an interactive movie One of the games that did do that excellently in the Star Wars um, video game franchise, I think, was Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. You started from the beginning making decisions, and you could go good or bad. You could make your own decisions. I think that was an excellent um, example of kind of a a very simple game, but it turned out pretty in-depth at the end. Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic. Actually, I, I like having grown up around Star Wars... Like, I, I was never really into it um, when I was younger. It was, I mean, I was always big on superheroes and stuff. 
And that was my thing, like in the 80s. Um, but, and it wasn't until I really, I mean, I'd always seen the movies and stuff, but it wasn't until I actually played Nazi the Old Republic that I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like this, it just because it just sunk you in so far into this whole history and just even that gameplay, like that, like kicked me off mm. on all those Bioware games from that point on, those yeah. squad based, like it's just, yeah. It was the first time I'd experienced both of those. And so that really got me, I guess, interested in Star Wars from that point. And it's one of those games that I would I would actually like to go back and play again because um, yeah, it, it's been so long since I've actually done it. Hmm. But it's also one of those things. I can't get it to run on my PC for some reason. Well, well I can help you with that. One um, of the excellent things about Knights of the Old Republic is that they've released them on phones now for free. So me and my brothers probably once every two years will hop on while we're on holidays camping somewhere and just play it for like four or five hours in an afternoon. And it just brings back those those nostalgic memories. The other thing I really love about those games um, is something I even sort of touched on a little bit with my recap with, um, you know, episode nine is that they have so much lore and so much mystery and depth. And one thing I think, I mean, because... Star Wars, some people will call it like a sci-fi. Others, people basically call it a fantasy. Um, it's because it does have this deep, rich mythology um, behind it. You know, the Force has these mysteries. And when you're playing those games, you know, you do unlock things or you go to these temples and, well, you know, it's Sith Lords that are buried and whatever. But, um, yeah, you, you really do get to experience, I feel, a greater depth of that um, in the games and... Yeah, Knights of the Republic did that fantastically, especially I feel, oh, well, they both kind of did, but the second one is particularly good for me, at least. And I think, too, with that, I mean, because up to that point, I mean, that's all we knew about Star Wars was just, you know, the original, we had the original series, because what what year did KOTOR come out? Any idea? Uh, Uh, I reckon that would have been late 2000s, mid 2000s? No. I want to say maybe 2004, something like that. Is that the first Bioware one? Yeah. Yeah. So that would have been coming up. All we would have known was mostly... That was close. That that generation. So we would have known basically the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. So that, that's all we would have been um, exposed to. And that's all we really knew about. And the, the cool thing about that is because it takes you back and gives you all that history. And it makes you realize that the world is so much bigger than what we've seen in the movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. and basing it like they did in the Old Republic, I think, was a stroke of genius um, because it's very uh, separate from mm-hmm. the rest of the Star Wars lore. It's a very safe place where they can essentially do whatever the heck they want and it has no repercussions or no you know, connections to the movies and that sort of thing. Um, and, yeah, it, it was a very cool experience. Mm-hmm. I... Sorry, you're good. You're good. I actually played the second one first because it was I had never heard of them. I went into our like dinky little music store and they happened to have all these Xbox games and I pulled it out and I was like, it's Star Wars. It's got cool Sith Lords on the front of it and Jedi. I'm buying it. And I was like, I saw it was two and I was like, I'll I'll find the first like the first one later. And so when I played the first one, it was almost more like a prequel for me. Yeah. Um, which isn't actually a bad way to play it because you hear about this like Revan character the whole way through the second one and you're like, oh, don't know what he's about, but he sounds pretty cool. And then you go, well, you know, you don't actually go back, but I went back and <laughs> found out who the heck he was and 
Revan is by far and alone my favorite Star Wars story, especially his like extended stuff into um, like the um, MMO. Yeah, expands on it quite a lot from those two games, but mm-hmm. um, and you can't not appreciate HK forty seven calling every living being a meat bag. <laughs> I mean, you can't go past yeah. that. Um, the characters in it were fantastic as yeah. well, um, which is something Bioware is, um, and Obsidian made the second one, um, which they're both very well known for. Yeah. I think I'm right about that. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And I think too, like what, with what you said about like Revan, just, just, just about Revan, like because it gave you that, that expanded idea, okay, this is what, this is what else is included in this universe. It, it gives people a lot of fuel to push for something like and, and like as far as like cinematically something from that era mm. which i could easily see them doing at some point just because there's such a huge fan base for that old republic era yeah well they are kind of doing that already with the high republic um which is a new like across m- multiple medias books comics and I think they might be even making audio, like an audio drama type thing. I'm not sure, but video games and TV shows haven't been mentioned as of yet. But the High Republic, I think, is Disney's answer to the Old Republic, um, because Disney's kind of reinventing all of the old, making it Disney new. But um, yeah, so I won't go into that a lot because it's not really video game related at all. But I think Disney, you know, will have something up their sleeve for that a little bit down the track very good yeah well if we move into if we move into shooters from there um obviously the original battlefront one and two are iconic Mm. um that's what that's what everyone wants they just want those back remastered and i i I never played the first one but i did play battlefront 2 a lot i think 2 was considerably better than the first one yes leaps and bounds Mm. yeah um just tons of fun I I wasn't even good at it. I mean, I was really young back then. I remember just dying constantly and just changing my class every time I died because I was just like, I must be just picking the wrong person. Um, And tons of content. Tons. The amount of stuff you had in that game was bonkers. My favorite game mode by far was the Galactic Campaign mode where you could... You had the galaxy map and you could move your fleets around and conquer planets. And if your fleets met, you'd go into a space battle... And then if it was over a planet, you'd conquer the planet. And so it was like a strategy game, a space flight and first person shooter all in the one mode. It was fantastic. They could and the game mode could last, you know, hours if you were both making, you know, smart strategic decisions and one player wasn't just dominating, you know. It was actually a bit of a power struggle. By far and away my favourite game mode on that and something I really wish games would do more of, I guess. It's a cool concept, even if that was the entire game, and it was, you know, because they do a lot about games these days, like you think about, like, No Man's Sky, or, um, uh, what's that other one, uh, Star Citizen, but the idea, or even EVE Online, is to, you know, have these ships that are just out in space, conquering the galaxy, and the idea is that, you know, there's all these un- unexplored things, but then in some of those games, it's about, you know, building up your fleet with with merchants and engineers and all these things to have the best fleet so if you meet someone you can absolutely annihilate them star wars is a great universe for that like Mm. that game you just described that game mode could be a whole game 
you know, and it's like you have these, you could have these long game modes where if you're down to play for six hours, you can play this. Or if you're looking for a 15 minute battle, if the, if the online activity is high enough, your quick 15 minute FPS is just part of someone else's huge thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that could very well be how the, how, how it happened. I, I, it's no game in the works. I'm just saying if I had, if I had a couple million dollars and, and some push in, in, that kind of area that's what i'd be doing yeah i've built many a game in my head that basically matches this um but just on a i guess almost more of a I, whenever i think of this type of game mode i always think of it a little bit more in like a rpg type um firefly serenity sort of build your crew build a ship do some jobs work up from there and you know like one job might be smuggling something from this planet to this planet, so you got to land, you got to do something. Not at all Star Wars related, but that's if I was to build a game, that would actually be the game that I uh, I make for sure. But I recently bought an entire um, gaming PC specifically to play Star Citizen. It still runs horribly, but um, the idea for me was that's the closest thing I can get to a Star Wars game that is just completely open world. It's in space. It doesn't have lightsabers. It doesn't have the Jedi. There's nothing like that. Um, And that's really what I wanted, what I was hoping for Fallen Order. When that was announced, I was like, just came, like, have the crisp, just off the precipice of playing The Old Republic, and I wanted another good RPG with multiple decision-making and being able to play in... I didn't necessarily want MMO, but some kind of a group-based multiplayer in the Star Wars universe where you can explore the universe because it's such a, a huge universe with like so many so much deep lore um so you know maybe they're exploring that with things like squadrons and fallen order was obviously a, another story untold story and yeah i think we'll always see small pockets of that sort of thing um but an all-encompassing galaxy spanning do whatever the heck you want sort of game like even with the mmo that we have now you know it really isn't it's very story rich it's story based there's a lot of quests there's a lot of things to do yes but as far as like the go anywhere do anything be yeah. a person in star wars i mean i i think that's what galaxy is more aimed for yeah. um but it's... i mean i didn't i played galaxies once or twice on somebody else's thing never really got i just wasn't i didn't have the setup to get into it but i feel like that's where they were aiming but swotor is a very different Sotor made Sotor was it, it did a lot of things that other MMOs don't do in in that it held to that story like that 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 story structure that the other old republic games did mm. but it also um and it gives you your companions and things like that and and you feel like your like the things that you do matter mm. but the thing that it took out was like the whole squad based thing that I enjoy yeah. I enjoy having multiple characters and seeing them interact and being able to have specific skills for all those rather than having a huge hot bar with five million different skills on yeah. it for like like every other MMO yeah. um, but yeah it, it's it, it's one of those games that I've um, I was just talking to Ethan earlier saying that I just started revisiting it because because um, I played Sword War through the beta and then I played I had like a level 50 bounty hunter. Mm. And then I stopped playing 
And then now I've gone back and going to play it again. And it's like, they've raised the level cap like five times now. I have no idea where I'm going or where I've been or... So um, I've kind of started over and yeah, 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 in a little and just to see kind of get more acclimatized to things, um, but yeah, it still doesn't quite scratch the itch for me because it mm. only I only have that single character, and again I feel like I'm the good thing that game does do though, I will give it credit in that it has all those instance story areas so you go into a you go into like a a quest and you go to this major area and you go through this little green screen yeah and you're the only person there that matters basically Mm. and i think that's really cool because it makes you feel like that it makes you feel like your the story is about you not with a bunch of other people running around trying to achieve the same objective um so I, i think that it did a really good job in that and that that ties into the storytelling as well um but yeah, I just feel it still follows a lot of that as far as just the the combat and stuff follows that same MMO mechanic, like the same me- yeah. mechanics that the and, and the other thing too is that I really like uh, the thing that really draws me to MMOs is the diversity in the classes and the fact that every class is mirrored. I just felt was really lazy. Yeah, um, because I have like if I have. Like if I play an Imperial agent, I have no, I have no motivation to go play a scoundrel. Like, mm. or, and it's just because they're the same mm. thing, basically. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was pretty lazy. Yeah. Other than story, that. there really, there really isn't. You're right. One thing I think this game does that no other game has done, or has really even been in a position to do, but they did it fantastically, is that in a room full of Jedi and Sith with lightsabers. You can be a dude with a gun and still feel like you're important and you are effective and you matter and that and you can still have fun. Yeah. You know, in a room full of Jedi, you're actually still and like oh, the cinematic um, little movie type trailer things, fantastic for those. Like when they burst through and there's the like Mandalorian shooting rockets off and they're killing Jedi just as well as the Sith are kind of thing. Like you watch that and then. You go, oh, yeah, but, you know, I'll play it. It's nothing like that. You'll be this, you know, mm-hmm. kid running around with a blaster doing nothing. But you actually feel really powerful even even as a, you know, bounty hunter or, or a smuggler or, yeah. you know, agent That's why or I picked a bounty hunter and I was, like, pleasantly surprised. Yeah, they, they did a very good job of that. But, yes, as far as the exploration and, you know, the sort of choose your own path, yeah. it's not all that open world or whatever. But, I mean... If you're going there for that, yeah, you're, you're going to be disappointed. But it has a lot of other elements that work quite well, I feel. Yeah. And being a Sith Lord makes you feel in, like your head... Ultimate the, power. The, the bad the, powers the, were so much cooler. The, the power goes to your head really quick. Is that not a, a, a flaw in most Star Wars games, is that you feel ultimately so much more powerful as a Sith than you do as a Jedi? I don't know. I never played as a Sith. Really? Oh, really? Seriously, I've, ne- I've, it's, I think it's just something. Uh, I've never had any desire to play as an evil character in anything that I've ever played. Interesting. I'm always amazing. the goody two shoes, and so, yeah. Not even for like achievements though, or anything like that. Uh if but, it's a quick achievement, like I don't want to spend a bunch of time investing a bunch of, you know. Oh, well, see, if a game has, especially on, like the old Republic, like, 
Knights of the Old Republic. There's a dark side and there's a light side. That just means I have to play your game twice. Um, that's what it comes down to. I'm like, yeah. what choices are there and what choices are there? What powers are on either side? Uh, yeah, I've got to... I've got to get all of that done. <laughs> See, I'm that uh, type where I want to be the grey Jedi, where uh, I want to have the best of both, so I just make the opposite decision every like next decision, so I just stay in the middle, and then I get none of the perks. Yeah, I, I played like that once, and well, I got about maybe halfway through, and I was like, oh, this doesn't work at all. <laughs> Scrapped it. <laughs> Not um, recommended. No, no. So we got... We got off on a bit of a tangent. We started talking about Battlefront. Um, probably the most well-known uh, Star Wars game, mm. you'd have to say. Um, has everyone here played the new new ones? I have. I've Yeah, my console gaming has disappeared since over the past decade. So mm. um, I've fiddled with it. I've fiddled, I think I've messed around with it over at Luke's house mm-hmm. once or twice. Um, but I reckon that's it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I played it on PC when it first came out a fair bit, but... I played the beta. Oh, yeah. And the beta was essentially the game. Mm. Of oh, one or two? Yeah, that's what one. I heard. Um, they really didn't... Which says more... I don't know, I think it says less about the beta and just more about the game where they had only two additional things to put out. It's like, well, why did you give so much away in the beta or why didn't you have so much more in the game? Yeah, I feel like this is a constant struggle with video games in general where I don't know whether it's the like the developers who are to blame or basically the board who controls their budget and their time constraints and mm-hmm. their, you know, every other thing, marketing and whatever else. They make all the wrong sacrifices for video games and they sacrifice development for, you know, it's got to be out on this date or whatever else. And I, I feel for developers, especially, like, I mean, the Battlefront 2 um, microtransaction debacle mm-hmm. is now, like, legendary type thing in, in gaming, you know, in the gaming sphere. It literally changed the landscape of how companies make money, um, which I think you can't talk about Battlefront and, you know, escape that entirely, but... I feel bad for the developers because they get all the hate and they make none of the decisions and mm-hmm. they just have to, you know... Grin and bear it. Yeah, they have to rip all of this stuff out of their game. They have to try and replace it and they have to make the consumer happy. And, and like, they don't even really essentially even get the profits that much. Like, mm. they're just working a job. They're just doing their 9 to 12 mm-hmm. um, as, you know, the gaming crunch culture uh, goes. But... Yeah, so I, I felt bad for them during all of that. I know a lot of people were hating on them pretty hard, but I feel like that's where the lack of content in a lot of those situations really comes from um, because they're just given a deadline. They have to get what they can get done. done, um, And, and that's, that's the bottom line. I think that was pretty evident, at least for me. I never played the original Battlefronts, but when the first Battlefront, the first new one, came out... I was like, this is amazing, the graphics were incredible. It wasn't even the graphics, it was the animations. It seemed like they've put a lot of effort and time into creating the game. And it looked gorgeous, and it played really, really fun for the first couple of days or weeks or whatever. Um, But then I just hopped onto playing Battlefront 2 this week, and I wasn't sure that I was playing a separate game. I was like, is this a DLC, or is this... Like, it didn't seem like they needed to bring out a whole other game. 
because the story is, I believe, the main part of playing Battlefront 2, which they could have released in a DLC for one. But they've... I'm sitting here looking at the EA badges on the side of the uh, the cases. It seems very typical for EA to, to try and... and Obviously, this is most developers and many... Ga- not developers, but most of the companies that create games now, they're doing it for, for money, or at least that's mm. the requirement now to make a game, is that it has to make a lot of money. So, uh, obviously, it's part of business, but there's not always a, a point to releasing more games. I feel like with Battlefront, it suffered from just not being a, a good enough excuse to make a game yeah. with a, a second one. Yeah, and I think that's the problem. I mean... EA makes like the Battlefield games and you don't need a storyline to that. You have a gun and you're shooting other people with a gun. People will play that all day long. People won't play necessarily Star Wars all day long just for that reason. Star Wars is a story-rich universe and mm. I, I think you need that to accompany it most of the time. Um, even if they had sort of, I don't know, some form of like story. I remember back in like the resistance full of man one mm-hmm. and two mm-hmm. um like they had those co-op and they still gave like tidbits of story and stuff honestly they got a little bit repetitive but even if they had something like that where it's mini missions with you and a squad um and you know you pick different classes to cover all your bases and you know you go out and perform objectives i feel like even that would have given the game a modicum of life because uh, yeah you you do sort of get through them pretty quick once you've played the same map 10 times Mm. you know just unlocking more guns for your dude isn't isn't all that good absolutely so jim what's your favorite star wars shooter then uh definitely um republic commando Mm. hands down uh it was fantastic fantastic for well like i was just saying squad based each of your little commandos had a uh, i played it originally on the xbox the first xbox and um yeah you had a sniper a demolitions expert and sev who was like a hacker type dude and Mm -hmm. then you were the all-round commando in the middle um voiced by the actual um dude who did django django Mm fit like from the movies um yeah there's there's a cool that little series in the main menu where you can watch him doing all of his lines and stuff. It's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah, um, it was a fantastic. None of you guys play that? I did play it very briefly. I played more, most of the multiplayer um, just because I never had an Xbox. It was one of those things that it was just one of the games on the roster when I would be at someone's house. And your crappy friend wouldn't lend you his. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I have fond memories of the multiplayer. I can't even remember it playing... A lot like hang him high in halo just like maybe it's just the one map we always play but it's it seems very much like just a halo clone or yeah for sure the multiplayer definitely was um the single player was um very very different um mm-hmm. because yeah you did have three other dudes with you their interactions and their clips um the character development really good um even like you went to multiple different worlds finish up on Kashyyyk which is a really good time it's a good storyline um there's a little Yoda cameo in there that I won't spoil but they set it up for a sequel and I don't know if it didn't sell well because I wasn't 
that into sort of researching, I guess, how well games did or if it was a developer that shut down or something like that. But the, se- never did a sequel. the sequel never came, and it's honestly one of my biggest disappointments in Star Wars gaming, to be honest. Well, it could definitely still happen. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> what, uh, what's cool, though, is um, Dave Filoni brought them back into canon. The, the game isn't canon, but um, Delta Squad which is them, is actually in the Clone Wars, like right right at the end. And, yeah, he, I love Dave Filoni. He's, he is my man in Star Wars right now because he's bringing all of these like little bits and tying them together. So, you know, the stories we know and love aren't necessarily canon, but the characters themselves are. And it, it gives you, a, it does give you a little like ray of hope that, you know, a spin-off, Somewhere, someday, someone yeah. might do something, right? Yeah, yeah, we can hope. Interesting. So, Jay, you came prepared with a little bit of a list of games that were significant to you that you thought maybe weren't um, as significant to us. We did touch on Quotor already, but you have a couple others. Yeah, I, I think that too is probably the, mostly due to being old. <laughs> In that, like, uh, my first, like, We've talked about a lot of them already, like KOTOR, and um, we talked about Force Unleashed. And But uh, I think my first experience with um, a Star Wars game at all would have been Super Star Wars on the Super NES, and that was came out, I want to say, early 90s, something like that. Was Did that? you play those? I, I, I'm not sure. I have a very vague memory on, on one of those real early consoles. It was a side-scrolling platformer, and you start off as Luke, and mm. like in the very first level, like it it was an absurdly difficult game, and I think that's what turned me off to the rest of them. Because um, like the first level, I remember as you start off as Luke, and rather than just go by R2 and C3PO, which probably would have been a very boring level, you instead had to fight through all these Jawas and climb a sand crawler mm. and do all this stupid platforming with everyone mm. shooting you from different directions. And if you fell, you start all the way from the bottom and you have to work. And it was just absurdly difficult. And for, you know, being out of been 12 at that time, something like that, it was just too hard. And it was like, you could unlock, um, you could unlock, Han and Chewie and I remember I could I unlock Han at one point never got to the point of Chewie because I was like this is too hard I've unlocked Han that's you know some kind of achievement for me Milestone I'm, I'm done with that yeah. <laughs> that's it um, and that game too it was one of those where you, once you're dead you're dead so you had to start all the way from the beginning like that later on I think with, with Jedi and Empire apparently they implemented the passcodes that you could punch in you'd start from a certain level um but super star wars didn't have anything like that so it was it was infuriating um as a kid and then you had all those other ones whenever i got a little bit older like my friends were into what my friend was into um he played a lot of jedi knight um and some x-wing i was never i played jedi knight a couple times i was never big into like i said before none of any of the the vehicle-based games um but we did used to play um uh, age of empires 2 around mm-hmm. that time it was probably late 90s and then uh, it would have been early 2000s because this would have come out on the back of 
episode one again. And they did that Star Wars Battlegrounds, which was basically a clone of Age of Empires 2. And if you go back and play it, it is terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not a good game. And if you look at the other games, like it, it's not even, uh, it just seems like such a lazy game. Because if you look at other games from that that period, like the RTSs from that period, you had like Warcraft 3, mm. you had, uh, what was it, Red Alert 2, like all these really cool games. And you just put that side by side and it yeah. looks like absolute trash. Mm. I, I remember even as a kid playing it and just the sound quality of it. I was like, this doesn't sound like Star Wars. It's not good. And it, it, just all, all of the elements were just that bit just off enough that even when i played it back then i was like oh, i don't know i mean it's star wars i guess i'll play it but it's like they took little roman time. centurions and then just pasted droid bodies over oh them. absolutely <laughs> like, yeah it was so bad yeah but yeah that was those were the earliest games for me yeah. um because like i said I, I was huge into my superheroes and stuff and it wasn't until really a few years later when I when I jumped on to, to Knights of the Old Republic that I really got interested. Yeah, I guess a couple of games that I played back in that sort of space was um, there was like a Star Wars Episode One Jedi Power Battles, um, which I won't go into a lot of, but you literally just played through the story of Episode One. The only cool side note to it was you could unlock different Jedi and so start the whole game again. So you could be Mace Windu on the ship as cool. they're about to land on Naboo, you know. Um, and each Jedi had like a specific power that they had. Um, and some of them were cool. Um, it was an okay game. Um, I've never really met anybody who's actually played it. Um, there's another game as well that I played back then that I can't remember now. I should have written it down. But. On all our school computers in primary school, we had all of the Jedi Knight games installed. Yeah. Um, and a couple of them must have just been, like, demos. Just, like, the one level where you're in, like, a TIE fighter base and then you were just, like, on another part of the planet so that you had TIE fighters flying past. You could jump up and grab one. It would take you into the base and then you could fight some stormtroopers. Um, and, yeah, that was just on our school computers in the library so that was cool that's much cooler than what i thought you were going to say because i thought you were going to say like oh we had that there was a game called um something like yoda's challenge activity center oh. <laughs> like it was a yoda's learning game which is i mean literarily not good <laughs> <laughs> like you have all these kids just like spelling dyslexically and just, the teachers are like where did we go wrong yeah. <laughs> to the toilet can i go <laughs> oh that's actually so good <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, no, we didn't have that, but that does sound great. Yeah. <laughs> no, the only, um, the only game out of that Jedi series that I played a lot of was probably Academy, um, which wasn't bad. That even sort of had a few little choose your own, like light side, dark side element mm. to it. Um, it didn't impact the story or the game as hugely as it does in the more modern, um, games, but it was cool to run around as a Jedi and cut know, people's arms off. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> depends how many mods you got, but yeah, yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, they were a good time, but I mean, yeah, the newer games um, unleashed and and I guess the newest version of that, I guess, is Fallen Order, I guess. Yeah, um, so I recently just finished Fallen Order. Um, 
I didn't realize that I had stopped playing with about 15 minutes to go. And so I was like, you know what? I'll put the hard yards in. I'll finish this so we have something to talk about for this episode. And then <laughs> I did the last battle and then it finished. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> oops. So I just had, had it sitting there for about a month just with 15 minutes left to go on it. Um, has everyone, have you played that, Jim? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've finished it. Um, Jay have, wouldn't have played it. No, I need to. I need to upgrade my PC before I can do any of that. Have you finished it, Ethan? I played it, and then for the podcast, I tried to finish it, and I couldn't. It was just too boring. Interesting. I'll be honest. Well, then, but that's Fair. that's that's a yeah, that's legitimate okay. complaint that I I've, had with it too. Is I lost interest in it several times. I too am not a a big gamer, so I'm a big Star Wars fan, but not a gamer. So that probably doesn't help with mm-hmm. playing video games. So it's nothing against the game. Yeah, I think there are elements in it. Um, you know, that a lot of other Star Wars games have that, you know, they definitely could have done better with mm. game gameplay-wise, like the combat and whatever else. Um, I thought it was all right. It wasn't outstanding. Um, you know, it, it was a pass, I guess, which isn't a very flattering thing to say about. There, there is really. something to say about, like, you give, you're given a lightsaber, and it's like one of the most powerful weapons in the galaxy can literally cut metal in half and then you hit a stormtrooper and it's just basically like a glorified baseball bat and i know I've, I've said stuff like this i don't know if i said it in the first episode of this or in the other podcast but there is something that takes me out of the moment when you know a stormtrooper can shoot me and kill me and i walk up to him and just go bop and he just falls to the ground or off the edge and it's like mm. you know and th- there are some games where you can you know, do certain combos where you pick up a, a stormtrooper and throw your lightsaber out and the lightsaber comes back to you through the stormtrooper. And there were elements of that in this game, but they never really hit the nail on the head when it came to that stuff. It was like it was almost there. Yeah, I feel like the hard thing about that um, is Disney. Abs- absolutely. Um, Disney's never going to make a game or okay a game with like proper dismemberment or... You know, like, if we're talking, um, you know, like even Luke's hand getting chopped off or something like that, you know, other than in a cutscene, probably, mm. you know, as far as a gameplay element, I, I think, too, the other trouble games have with that will be the rating element. Mm. You know, they want Star Wars for all the kids out there, and, you know, you add dismemberment, even as an option, and the rating board has to up you a couple degrees, surely. Yeah. Um, but... So if you want your realism, you can just build a baseball bat mod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, and I'm, I'm not saying they should do it. it. Just that's one of those things that Fallen Order really didn't seem like you were all that powerful. The skill tree building was another thing where I always felt like I wasn't. The things I was selecting weren't really making me any more powerful. It was just helping me not die a little bit. Yeah, I. I, I was exactly the same. I sat there staring at a screen going, what do I want? And it was like, oh, actually, I don't really want any of it, but I guess that could be handy or mm. I guess I'll try that out. But nothing, you, you know, you look at it and you're like, oh, actually, you know, that's an awesome power or like, you know, in Force um, Unleashed, you know, you could blow people away with the Force or do whatever and you were absurdly powerful. Mm. Um, yeah, you really didn't didn't feel that in Fallen Order, which, I mean, I guess he wasn't a proper Jedi 
formal training this or that maybe like maybe you just wasn't that strong in the force they could make that an element but it just means it's but kind then, of lame <laughs> if, yeah, exactly if you can build anything into your game why would you choose to build a weeb yeah <laughs> it doesn't make yeah. much sense no so. um but yeah i mean so there was just a few things one thing that was really well done and spoils to anyone who hasn't played it including you ethan but in the final battle you're fighting the um inquisitor is that who it is yes yeah yeah and then um that battle and finishes up and uh, in spectacular fashion the en- the entry of, of um who you're about to i don't want to steal your thunder but him impaling that inquisitor so basically epic. it gets to Sorry. a point where the inquisitor is a former apprentice of the woman who has resumed your training mm. um and then so your um, mentor shows up and kind of both of you are trying to talk the Inquisitor into coming back to the light side and she's, you know, heavily thinking about it. She's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And then, boom, Darth Vader comes out of nowhere and just impales her. That's it, that's done. And then I'm like, great, am I going to have to fight Darth Vader? There's no way I can... What what story... How do do they work this into the story where I just, like, beat Darth Vader? Mm. Like... Nope, you just straight up run away from that guy. Yeah, you you try for about three seconds and he just demolishes you, which is so good because we were talking for a little bit about the Unleashed series and how you start as Darth Vader and he's overwhelmingly powerful. And I came into that fight the same thing. I was like, seriously, this little idiot is going to wipe the floor with Darth Vader because, you know, games, that's how it works. You win the boss fight. But no, they did such a spectacular job of making him feel overwhelmingly like this massive tower of dark side power that just floods you and there's nothing you can do. I was genuinely like, it was like a jump scare and then like, you know, trying to, it was like running down a corridor in a dream of Mm -hmm. just, you know, like the corridor keeps going and you're on a treadmill and he's just getting closer and you think you get away and you go and you're down an elevator and you're in a totally different place and then boom, out of left field again, here he is in front of you like Michael Myers or whatever. And it was just actually terrifying. And just tearing things to shreds. Absolutely. Just destroying this underwater base, drowning both of you yeah. just to make sure that you don't get out. It was... In, in just a flood of rage. It's it's a fantastic way to end that game. Yeah, it uh, was It was honestly, it made the whole game worth it. And sorry, Ethan, but... <laughs> yes, spoiler alert. Um, um, but it made it did make all of the dips in that game worth playing to get to that yeah i'll tell you the truth um rather rather than playing um a sequel to that i'd rather play a spin-off as that night sister Mm. chick that's in there i can't remember her name terrific character she is fantastic her character her story her sass her everything everything about her is like why did you make is that the uh uh, one from rebels or is it different? No, 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 different. She's like the sole, or she at least, she thinks she's the sole survivor of the Night Sister race after General Grievous wipes them out on Dathomir. Um, and she's like the matriarch, I guess, mm. the new matriarch of the Night Brothers. Um, so you kill a whole bunch of them. But she's got um, some pretty crazy powers. Um, and I, But just as a character and as a person, I don't know, I felt far more drawn to her storyline and what she had to offer than the main character, mm, which... Which I couldn't even tell you his name. Uh, no, I don't even care. But 
I wish I knew her name. Mm. Um, and that, that's kind of, I mean, it's a credit, but it's also a little bit of a problem where one of your supporting characters, who only comes in very late in the game, is actually better than your protagonist. That's mm. actually, uh, just just from listening to reviews and stuff, um, and not having played it myself, um, that's not the first time I've heard that. Mm. So it's, That's not yeah, surprising, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's fantastic. Marin um, is her name? Yes. Yeah. yeah, she's really, really cool. Um, Based on um, Helen Mirren, actually, they just yeah. I was wondering character that. model and name just merged the whole thing. Yeah, so Helen Mirren is Star Wars canon now. Mm, she does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so that that basically wraps up all the games we had listed. Um, Jay, we also started um, not video games, but we started a little gaming campaign uh, last month. Uh, you and I and a couple other friends. We we started playing a Star Wars board game. Um, Imperial Assault. Mm. So you went ahead and bought everything under the sun for that. So this is my my flaw in that believing that if you're going to do something, you need to do it wholeheartedly um, <laughs> and spend far too much money um, to get every single possible miniature. I'm going to have to um, borrow that when you do. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> so we um, this is my second second time around doing this one because um, I'd started uh, with another friend who um, halfway through our campaign um, got engaged and then I never saw him again. So, <laughs> so, Must have been so, a good game. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, so I'd been keen to, to try it out again, but it's, um, it's interesting this time too, playing as the Imperials because the, 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 do you guys know anything about, have you played it? Do you? Is that the one with the little, it's got all the miniatures. I think I've seen a playthrough of it. I don't think I've, I've never yeah. played it myself. I it's... have not. I read uh, the smallest amount on it. Is it is it just like a risk style nope. overtake no. or is it story? No, that's the other. That's the other one. I'll talk, tell you about that one in a minute. That's awesome. Because I'm um, keen for both. <laughs> that one's fantastic. Um, Imperial Assault, though, you have um, basically it's based off the Descent system. If you ever played Descent, um, so it's like an RPG campaign, and um, you have a um, person in, in the descent system they would have been the dungeon master so that that person plays the empire and then the other characters all choose a rebel hero and then they play through a, it's like anything i think from 10 to 14 um scenarios throughout that campaign real rebel heroes or just made uh, up like sort of no, no they're all they're all new they're all new yeah. to the new to the game so every expansion introduces new characters and they all have new abilities and stuff and they all play very um they for being so different and for not being your staple characters they all have a very like their power level is very even so mm-hmm. you don't you well really, really can roll with any of them mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it's very um it, it's a very different experience playing as the empire this time because i was played as the, as the rebels before um just because you have all that extra information like as the dungeon master you know when things are about to hit the fan and they have no clue what they're walking into and so you're just waiting to drop stuff on them it's really fun so we started that last what, a couple of weeks ago and um we're going to try and knock out a couple scenarios every month try and to then, yeah that'd be cool see how we go yeah it's good the other one the other one that i think that what you were referring to would have been rebellion possibly that one's it's like a massive board it's a, like a double-sized board and it's just the star system 
and um, you have one side is the um, Imperials and the other side is the Rebels. The Rebels have a hidden base on one of these star systems and the whole game is that the the Rebels are trying to outlast the Imperials hunting them down and trying to work out where they're located and just everything that plays out in that game it just feels it's probably the I mean of, of all the games that I've played video games included it's the coolest Star Wars experience because it's just you and another person it's like this big game of chess and you're trying to outthink each other and outmaneuver and as the rebel player you feel so outgunned from the very beginning because like the empire has so much more stuff and you're just trying to use these like be able it's use mobility and trickery and stuff to just survive and just some of this stuff like i remember we had one game um and it was something like i was playing on the rebel side and Jaden was playing uh, the Empire, and he somehow, I, th I think he, he mind control. no, 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 he turned Leia to the dark side somehow, and then ended up taking her, and then he ended up taking somebody else um, captive, and it just, like, the whole time, you're just like, oh, like, everything felt like it was just, all this stuff was playing out, and it was just such, the way things played out was so cool, because it was like, it took this, these scenarios that you knew, and just put them in a blender and just mix them up and so you like had all these different possibilities but based upon all these characters and it's just it's just a fantastic game it's a long game though i think the first time we played it it took us like six hours oh. which is a long game we got it down to three or four hours we could knock out a game um yeah well your but, first one's always going to be yeah you know, a bit longer a bit of experimentation and learning but. yeah once we got it down i think it was about three and a half four hours we, we we'd be able to get through a game but it's a very cool experience it's it's a really good game it, yeah i would definitely recommend it i've looked at all of these board game type things and i've never looked into them thoroughly because i've always sort of seen the price tags and just been like eh, maybe later mm. <laughs> but um yeah they are all super well well done um from the reviews and stuff and what you were saying yeah and they've got they've moved on uh fantasy flights doing another um they've released a, a star wars legion is which is like a basically like a warhammer type thing um but it's um star wars and so you got all the sets and stuff and yeah i have seen that, that looks as well. really cool which actually we need to get into have a look at um the scenario side of not scenario the skirmish side of uh, Imperial Assault because that's like a one-on-one -on -one. you pick your team I pick my team we oh, make our okay, armies cool. and we just go out and murder each other that's fun so we'll have to work that out I yeah. haven't done that yet that looks good yeah that sounds, that sounds great put, put all those minis to good use yes I like it alright so another thing that we did last week um, was we all talked about our favorite Star Wars experiences something that we experienced within any of the Star Wars universe expanded or main or canon or or just even outside of just engaging in it, just an outside world perspective. I said about going to Disney mm -hmm. and actually experiencing some real life Star Wars stuff. Um, do you guys have a, a one true favorite Star Wars experience? I, I, I don't. Like, I, I can't really pick one. Uh, I, I think, I mean, really, it's as lame as it sounds, I, I think just the feeling that I had playing rebellion probably the second time um, just all the way the way everything panned out and the just 
I don't know, I can't even really explain how it felt, but it was just such a cool turn of events, like in how the game, I don't know, it just surprised me in a lot of ways that I didn't, wasn't expecting, um, obviously, since it was a surprise. But it's also, (laughs) but it was also, um, I I do, I do get the whole going to Disney thing. Um, Because back before, way back, uh, when they just put the very first Star Wars simulator in there, um, that's back even before they built up all the stuff where you could build your own saber and stuff like that. Mm. Going there is, you know, I was probably in my early teens. That was really cool because you going through and you're in, in the line and you've got you got c3po up above you and he's talking to you and you got r2 over here and you see all these little characters and everything and it's typical disney like you go this is the other thing i could talk about for hours is just going to disney world because mm-hmm. it's my favorite place ever um but just typical disney like you go and you step into something and you are completely immersed in it and they do so well at just creating this world that you just you just sit and you look at all the details and you just they pick up so much stuff if you just stop and look and they did the same thing with that and i thought that was a really cool um that was a really cool experience and i'd love to go now that they have the whole galaxy's edge and, and be able to to do that but i don't know when i'll be able to make it back to america so or any of us yeah uh jim what about you um no not really um i mean most of my star wars has just been through like the movies and games and stuff um i mean i do like the cosplay um aspect and the effort a lot of people go to with that sort of thing and i'd really like to do something like that one day but you know time poor and constraints of being crafty and you know actually being able to make something that i'd be like oh yeah i'd wear that out in public Mm. um you know um no but uh we went to comic con one year and there were yeah some of the costumes and stuff there was a particular revan costume that was phenomenal like it looked like they just stepped out of the game it was insane right down to like the the purple and the red typical revan lightsabers and the mask was like a resin cast mask of oh the cool mandalorians that like which we haven't spoken about but kotor and like swotor has or no it's not swotor but the old republic knights the old republic the mandalorians were very different to the mandalorians that um were in swotor after that and now in the mandalorian tv show in um you know clone wars they were similar but yeah their armor was very i still thought you know really cool and uh that's what the revan mask is based on um because of the extended comic book story of where mm. that goes which i don't know if you've read much of that no 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 unfortunately I've never been a huge reader but... honestly i don't read that much of the i've read a few of the comic books but i just read the wiki entries and that gives you all <laughs> the all the information you need yeah. um but yeah um no no real went to a place and it was fantastic i really wish i could go over to america and do all of that now it would be pretty awesome but yeah given the current circumstances well, there's no lines at the moment so if you can get in yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd be great yeah. um the other thing we we touched on briefly was favorite characters would yours be revan oh yeah it would honestly at this point be a toss-up between revan and ray to be honest 
Interesting. Mm. I'm a big Ray fan. What about Jay? I wish you could ask me this before because I really have no idea. I'd, yeah, I, could, I honestly couldn't say. It would be... Uh, I can't say because I'm going to say something. I'm just going to say something off the top of my head now That'd and then free. I'm going to... 30 minutes later, I'm going to be like, that was a stupid comment. So I'm just going to hold that and then I'll, I'll mail it in. I'll mail in my comment. Yeah, make it part of the next theme song. MJ's favorite character is actually Babu Frick. Um, all right, cool. Well, that basically brings us to time. Um, we were going to talk a little bit about Star Wars Squadrons, but we don't really have much news on it yet. There was a trailer, but they haven't released um, like any real gameplay or, or specifics about what it'll be. So we'll we'll f- again phone that in when we. When there's more to actually talk about, I'm sure we'll do another video game section. We do a deep dive on a couple of different game series and, and, you know, really just get more into it than the kind of brief overview we did on a few of these topics. Um, But thank you guys for joining me, Um, Ethan as usual, co-host, and our two guests who I'm sure will make more appearances as the series goes on, Jay and Jim. Thanks Thanks for joining me, guys. Thank you. I'm going to start off by saying Thrawn. Mm. That is that. Yeah, a very quick phone in. No, that's fantastic. Sorry, I had to think about it. Mm. You need to give me time. (laughs) And uh, thank you for all the listeners out there. We hope that the um, highway that we're recording along today hasn't been too loud. (laughs) Exhibit A. (laughs) 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 Um, But thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next week.